Will we consume more and more technologies, or will those same revolutionary technologies consume us? Please join me on this episodic podcast journey that I'm hoping will help us make smarter choices on how technology will impact and arguably change our lives. Hi, this is Ralph, and welcome to the fourth episode of Technology Evolutions and Revolutions. Look to the past to better see the future. In our last episode, I talked about the gravity of the fourth industrial revolution, digital disruption, the digital age, as it compares to the previous three industrial revolutions. We're only a few short years into the fourth industrial revolution, but the impact of the digital age will surely change our workplace and our lives and how we live them. But will it be for the better? As I said in the previous episode, the fourth industrial revolution is not another technology evolution, as some would have you believe. Really, it's a business model disruption. It's a change in how new products and services will be delivered to the marketplace, how they'll be consumed, and who will consume them. I've been an IT professional for nearly 40 years now, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised by how digital disruption and digital transformation is being misinterpreted by some IT leaders. Some actually claim that their digital transformation efforts are around things like moving to the cloud or migrating to a new digital phone system or even giving their sales force new iPads. Man, that interpretation misses the mark completely. Others get a bit closer to the mark by thinking digital transformation is about things like machine learning, AI and rich functionality, or everything IoT-related. Actually, AI, machine learning, and IoT are just some of the technologies used to change how products and services are delivered to the marketplace. But without connecting the dots from these technologies back to the business initiatives, IT leaders are missing a huge opportunity to change how technology services are delivered to the business in support of business-focused digital transformation initiatives. While I'm not making excuses for IT leaders who don't get the gravity of digital transformation, having sat in their seats for many years, I understand that often their focus is on how to keep the lights on or how to keep IT up and running, how to protect corporate data from compromise, and on and on. Looking ahead to things like how IT must change the technology services delivery model in order to facilitate digital transformation is just something that they don't have time for, and therein lies the problem. In my tenure, I've worked for companies large and small and in many different capacities from application developer to CIO and many positions in between. And so I take license to comment on the shortcomings of how IT operations work or often don't work and what must be changed in order to position IT for the future, for the digital age. As the subtitle of the podcast series states, you have to look to the past to best understand the future. So to understand how IT operations will need to transform, I'll have to take you back in time about 40 years or so. So for the last 40 years or more, CEOs and business leaders of all types and verticals looked to IT to automate operations that were either manual or were automated but still inefficient. The basic concept was that computer automation, if done well, 
could collect and process far more data in a far shorter time frame than was ever possible by any manual process. The analysis of that data, in turn, could provide business leaders with the insight into business performance and financial metrics that they needed in order to react well to market conditions and make agile decisions that would better guide their business to prosperity. Over time, IT operations and the focus of IT leaders really hasn't changed much. Even today, for the most part, business leaders look at IT as a cost center, a necessary expense to do business. IT then, if done right, saves the business money by effectively and efficiently automating business processes that in turn provide for bottom line cost savings. In my experience, IT leaders always seem to have a somewhat myopic view of IT, thinking that IT is about the technology without ever connecting the dots to the business drivers that that technology is there to support. One of the major contributors to this myopic mindset is that CFOs or other heads of finance gives them a capital and an operating budget. So they need to figure out how to provide the technologies that the business is asking for within the parameters of the budget. It then becomes a balancing act of controlling the cost of the IT assets while providing technology services to the organization. If they do a good job and stay within budget, it influences the bottom line of the business. If they exceed their budget, it adversely affects the bottom line. That has been, and to a large degree still is, how IT has been set up and how it's been run. As a cost center and a general ledger of small businesses and enterprise corporations alike. And so as technology has evolved over the years, IT continues to struggle to be able to align the new technologies, the evolutions of technology, with the business needs and within the parameters of the IT budget. As new, faster, better technologies are always come along, coming along, there is always that balance, that juggling act relative to what the business actually needs to improve operations or bring new products and services to the marketplace versus the cost of the technology needed to do so. Folks, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to work this way because that's how it always worked. The fourth industrial revolution changes all of that. And the changes that we need to make are so obvious to me that it boggles my mind why IT organizations continue to operate the way they have been for 40 plus years now. To make my argument, to make my point, I'll need to take you on a ride through the financial framework under which all businesses operate. So fair warning here, it's a bit involved. Are you ready? Okay, let's start with the fundamental premise that's true of all businesses. All businesses and all CEOs want to grow their business. You can't shrink your way to prosperity. I know, I know, it sounds obvious. But with that as the primary assumption, the primary goal, let's take a look at how a business financial model actually works, and moreover, how IT plays in that financial model. Only then can you understand what must change in, in the IT service delivery model in order to accommodate the business disruption model of the fourth industrial revolution. All right, so hang on, take a deep breath, here we go. 
You know, I wish there was a virtual whiteboard or something I can draw on when explaining the financial model that all businesses operate under. But then, I guess that would be bad if you're listening to this podcast while driving home from your workplace. So anyway, I'll do my best to paint a picture with words. Okay, here we go. First, I'd like for you to picture in your mind a simple clock face. The 12th hours on top, the 6th hours on the bottom, and so forth. I'll talk about the financial model in terms of financial metrics that we will, in your mind's eye, position at different points on the clock face. So, all businesses start with a plan to generate revenue. Let's position the revenue metric at the top of the clock, at the 12th hour. Businesses sell products and services to some market for a fee. The payment of that fee is revenue. And there may be many revenue streams depending on what the business is offering. Now, each of those products and services that are being sold to generate revenue comes with a cost to develop, manufacture, and sell those products and services. And there can be many costs to produce, market, and sell any product and service. Let's call that metric the operating cost. Let's put operating costs on the clock face at 2 o'clock. Can you see it? Revenue at 12 o'clock, operating cost at 2 o'clock. Got it? Okay. Now the difference between revenue gain from selling a product or service minus the operating cost to develop or manufacturing the product or service is called margin. It's usually captured in the form of margin percentage. So if you sell something for $100 that costs you $70 to make, then you have a margin of 30%. Let's put the margin metric at 4 o'clock. The higher you can drive the margin percentage, the more money the company makes, which we call profit. Let's put the profit metric at 6 o'clock. Are we good so far? Great, but it doesn't stop there. There's another very interesting metric that factors into the financial model. It's called asset velocity. It's a measurement of how fast we sell the products and services, the assets, that we develop. Let's put the asset velocity metric at 8 o'clock. Think of asset velocity this way. If a manufacturing company makes 1,000 widgets in a given day and, and they put it in a widget warehouse waiting to be sold and if the sales organization sells 500 widgets a week, then the 1,000 widgets will all be gone. They'll turn over in two weeks, right? So the asset called widgets might be considered to have a relatively high asset velocity. The higher the asset velocity, the faster the company will make their profits. So asset velocity is also an important financial metric. Other industries have different ways of measuring asset velocity, but it's still a key metric to all businesses. Think of the restaurant business. The quicker they can turn over their dining room tables, their assets, the faster they'll make their profits. Make sense? All right, hang in there. We're halfway home now. So the sum of the profits and the speed at which we generate profits, asset velocity, generates what's called returns. Gross profits, if you will. Let's put returns at 9 o'clock on the dial. After taxes, etc., are subtract from the returns, the result is what we call free cash flow. Think of it 
free cash flow as net profits. Let's put free cash flow at 10 o'clock on the dial. It is these net profits, the free cash flow metric, that are in turn used to pay stakeholders or shareholders if it's a public company. Let's finally place stakeholders at the 11 o'clock position. When the stakeholders or shareholders realize profit, a good return on their investment, they will typically invest their profits back into the company to help the company grow so that their returns will grow as well. Now, with all the metrics that we placed in the clock face, draw a connecting arrow from the revenue metric that we placed at 12 o'clock to each of the other metrics around the clock face and back to the revenue metric at 12. Showing then, in your mind's eye, that the cycle continues around the face of the clock, so to speak. So when I made the previous and then obvious statement that the goal of all businesses was to grow, this is how businesses grow. Each metric around the clock face contributes to growth. Okay, I won't be offended if you'd like to rewind the podcast and listen to that whole thing all over again. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a long but necessary journey to make my point, which is information technology has forever been viewed by business leaders as part of the asset velocity metric. Remember, asset velocity was how fast products and services were sold, the widgets, the dining room tables. But in this context, IT is measured by how operationally efficient its people, process automation, computer hardware, and software are. Hopefully you can see how IT operations factors into the bottom line, or the return metric, and then to free cash flow and stakeholder value, and then through reinvestment, how it influences growth. To the degree IT is inefficient or costs too much is to the degree that the return to the stakeholders will be impacted, which will influence reinvestment back into the business, which will influence the one thing all businesses have in common. The desire to grow. As I said previously, I needed to give you that long explanation of the financial framework and where IT fits to make a point. Yeah, you're probably saying, please, Ralph, make your damn point already. Well, the point is that IT has been and is still looked at by CEOs, CFOs, COOs, and all other named business leaders as a cost of doing business. And what we've been talking about here the fourth industrial revolution, the business model disruption, is about making a significant change in the financial framework. It's about changing IT from a cost center of doing business, a cost center on the general ledger, to a profit center. The fourth industrial revolution is when we start using technology to drive business growth. That's the business model disruption. During the 40-plus-year-old model of the IT as a cost center, to IT as a profit center, driving top-line business growth. How big of a deal is this? Well, consider this. If you were the CEO of, let's say, a $100 million company, depending on the industry, you'd likely have an IT budget somewhere around $3 million. Now, would you rather save 20% of your IT budget, which would be somewhere around $600,000, that's the IT as a cost center model. Or would you like to use IT to grow your business by 20%, which would be the IT as a profit center model? 
which would then equate to $20 million in top-line growth. Easy answer, right? Obviously, grow your business by 20%. Hopefully, this highlights what a really big deal this fourth industrial revolution really is. Using IT to change how products and services are delivered to the marketplace. Using IT to change how products and services are consumed. And using IT to change who consumes them. Again, the trifecta of the fourth industrial revolution. Using IT to drive business growth. Not another technology evolution, another technology revolution indeed. Hey, thanks for hanging in there with me for that detailed explanation of the financial framework. It was necessary to truly appreciate the gravity of the fourth industrial revolution as well as things to come in this podcast series. In the next episode, we'll dive a little deeper by example as to what digital transformation is really all about and its growing impact on our lives. I hope you'll join me on the next episode of this journey of technology evolutions and revolutions and how the past sets our trajectory to the future of technology. Until the next time, stay well and take care of each other.